Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Beyond, Develop Beyond Unplugged. And this week, we're going to be talking about a very important topic, which is how to generate good habits, especially in such a way that you don't burn yourself out, that it doesn't become too heavy, that you actually make plans that are personalized and contextualized in such a way that it takes into account your personality, your goals, your priorities, your motivations, your likes, your dislikes, and create something that works for you, something that's sustainable, something that's not just a five-minute quick rush of adrenaline and, and instant satisfaction, but actually something sustainable, something where you don't end up getting frustrated halfway. And one of the ways to do that is having the right balance between some level of flexibility with yourself, not being too hard on yourself in the beginning, but also uh, not getting too complacent and too lazy either. And it's really a matter of just finding out, okay, I need to challenge myself enough for it to be interesting, but not be so hard on myself that I am overburdening myself with this process. And understand that every process you're going to implement is going to be in stages. So the first few stages, you're going to have to cut yourself a bit more slack than down the road, you know? With an exercise routine, at first, it's going to be much gentler, and little by little, you're going to add weight to it. Little by little, you're going to add uh, more time to it. Little by little, you're going to just kind of ramp it up a bit. And if you try to start on the 20th page or the 50th page, you don't have all the buildup, all the kind of training. Uh, but the thing is, sometimes we're afraid of judgment and we want to be perfect from the beginning. And then because we make a fool out of ourselves or we receive certain criticism or judgment, we uh, feel like shit. So what we want to do is create habits where we take into account, you know, these are the stages, these are the things that my personality needs, this is what I need, this is what I want, and also filter a bit the noise of like, what have you taken on from family members, relatives, loved ones in general, friends, colleagues, like what things might be trendy or what things might be kind of standard practice in your culture, society to, you know, oh, guys have to be like this, girls have to be like that, or you have to be like this, the only way to be successful is with this career or this role or this body type or this, that. What what priorities have we taken on from others that maybe aren't our priorities and maybe just feel like a burden instead of something exciting that we are passionate about? Because when we are passionate, when we have motivation behind what we do, we have more perseverance, we have more ability to just keep trooping when things get a little difficult. And uh, whenever you're going to generate a new habit, you're going to face some insecurities, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of failure. And sometimes you want to be perfect from the beginning, or sometimes you don't want anyone to see you in your learning phases. And sometimes you are just kind of concerned about what your family and friends are going to say or think. And this also happens because when we're leveling up, a lot of people start judging us. It's like, oh, you're no longer one of us. Who do you think you are? Uh, you've forgotten about us. Or uh, people in our society don't dress like that or don't walk like that or don't talk like that. Who do you think you are? You've left us behind. And a lot of people around you, like, for example, if, if you have a, a bit of, let's say you're an alcoholic and your friends are alcoholics and you live for the weekend and for the drinking, and then you decide, you know what, I, I want to get clean. Uh your alcoholic friends are very likely going to try to keep you on their level by being like, yo, let's, uh, who do you think you are? Why are you so serious? Why are you going to be so pompous on this and that? And they're going to kind of put you down so that you uh, hold on to those negative habits, right? Uh, because for them, 
there will be a fear. There'll be a fear of abandonment. They'll be afraid of you abandoning them and leaving them behind. There'll be fear of uh, them not being able to evolve fast enough. There'll be fear of conflict and falling out for different choices. There'll be fear of them being judged by you now that you feel like you're superior. That's how they're gonna interpret it. It's not uh, hopefully how you see it. It's more of a like. These are the things that are going to go through their heads. So a lot of family members, a lot of friends, and a lot of relatives, and a lot of people in your just day-to-day life will kind of cut your wings when you start to grow. Sometimes with good intentions because they're afraid of you failing. Sometimes strictly because they uh, they have certain comfort with controlling you. So like we all have those relatives that. They're so insecure about themselves that they spend their time controlling and manipulating everyone else to feel better about themselves. So like, just be aware where the motivation comes from and why we shouldn't give too much power to all these voices and why we should take the time and have enough self-respect, self-awareness, and self-love to take the time to identify what uh, habits do I have that are positive, which are negative, which are my habits that I generate because of my goals, my context, and really that work for me, and which ones I have taken on because of judgments and rejections that really don't work. And how can I filter the noise and really maybe free up some time to implement some habits that are a little bit better for me? And the habits that I do have, how can I tweak them to make them work better for me? How can I tweak them? Can I use a different personality type, a different energy, a different intensity, a different order? Do I need to take certain steps beforehand? Do I need to learn certain skills beforehand? Am I just doing things out of uh, like burden? Like, do, Does it feel like a burden or am I actually doing it in a way that is fun or exciting or nurturing for me? Do I feel that I'm evolving fast enough or do I feel stuck? Where do I get stuck most frequently? Are there certain tendencies? Because often we can identify, oh, I get stuck on this stage. I get stuck with this thing. I get stuck here. This Every time I reach this point, it gets daunting. It gets stressful. And when you identify, you know what? I'm getting stressed because of every time I reach this spot, something happens. Okay, maybe this spot needs to be tweaked. Maybe you need to recalculate your route. And for that, we go back to the episode of recalculating your route. But there is so much value in taking the time to identify, I have these basic needs. I have these basic goals. I have these challenges, but I also have these ambitions. And I can go through the adversity and the challenges. I can open myself up to receive judgment open myself up to be rejected, open myself up to fail, knowing full well that it's part of the learning process and in a few months or a few years, I will be receiving more admiration than I'm going to be receiving hate. Uh, for example, with the, this sort of stuff like podcasting, we've had to do a lot of terrible episodes to get to a point where we have done more good episodes and bad episodes and every now and then there are surprises and you have to understand that along the way you're going to have surprises along the way you're going to have failures you're going to have technical difficulties the last two weeks have been quite difficult to get this podcast on air and that's just part of part of it and but if it's important enough for you if, if you're passionate enough about the direction you're going these surprises these challenges along the way they they become insignificant they just become part of your learning experience and a story that you're going to tell later down the road. Last week's episode was so terrible with so many technical difficulties and it was just such a nightmare that it was like, you know what? 
in six months to a year from now, I'm going to be looking back to this episode. And I'm going to be like, yo, look, look at this. Look at uh, all of what was going wrong in this episode. But we kept going. We didn't turn it into something fatal. And we have full control of when we let a failure or, or a mistake turn into something fatal. But when it comes to our habits, generating habits, unfortunately, many times we want to figure out how to execute that habit perfectly from the beginning. And it's not about having a perfect habit from the beginning. It's about understanding that it takes time to build a habit. And in that process of building a new habit, you're going to make mistakes. In the process of building a new habit, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. You know, every athlete uh, in history has hurt themselves in the process of learning their, their craft. You know, it's, it's just part of... It's just part of, you know, evolving. Every time you're going to evolve, you're going to have to go through that. But if we give too much power to judgment of how you have to perfectly execute things, like exercise routines, how many of you have this idea that for exercise to work, it has to hurt? Bullshit. Sure, for certain contexts and certain goals in mind, that's an indicator that you're making progress and it can be a good sign and you can use it to be like, you know what, the pain is maybe worth it for my goals. But we reinforce so many things that this has to hurt if it, there's no struggle, there's no value, if it's not hard, it's not worth it. We have all these ideas where we make things more complicated than they need to be. In personal development, we also sometimes make the mistake of being like, oh yeah, I have to have a rags to riches story, so I have to destroy my whole life to rebuild it, to be able to say I was so much in depth, I was so so stressed, I was so this, I was so that. And sometimes we create problems to fix them. When we want to create positive habits, we have to identify where we're letting our insecurities really guide us into creating dynamics that are not healthy, that are not positive, and... There's no one-size-fits-all about what a healthy habit is. Let me just be outright. We all have different goals, different contexts, different challenges, and different situations, and different resources. And we're all going to approach things differently. But it's important that you don't let all the noise, all the judgments, all the marketing also, marketing of how uh, the perfect gym routine is, and how the perfect this is, and how the perfect body is, and what's the model body look like. Like, Just eliminate all that sort of stuff and be like, what do you want, and how do you want to achieve it? And that's a process that requires a certain level of confidence and willingness to make a fool out of yourself, willingness to just kind of go against the grain for some while. And it's not about going against something, it's going towards something. Because whenever you do things in protest, you lose yourself. So there, fear of judgment and fear of rejection, we can either direct it to, I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid of the comments, or I'm going to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing so that I don't, like, I don't want to belong to that group because, you know, it's silly, it's ridiculous, I'm not going to follow that trend, or I want to be part of that group, I want to get their approval, I'm going to go in and I'm going to join them. Like, we, we sometimes do those two things, and, and the sweet spot is in the middle. It's, it's like understanding what do I want, do, what do I not want, and how not to lose myself, forcing things that are not working, and how do I not and also not kind of rebel against things because when you're rebelling, you're not creating, you're not innovating. So just understand that the process for you is is unique to you, but there's so much value in taking the time to finding what's your path because we buy all these books, we take all these courses, we see all these YouTube videos where people share their success. 
And when I was became an entrepreneur in the beginning, I was like trying to be the next Steve Jobs and next Mark Zuckerberg, the next Bill Gates, the next Elon Musk, the next whatever. I was always trying to be the next super successful person that we've all studied and learned from. And the problem is they have different personality types, different resources, different skill sets, different challenges, different insecurities. They have the general context is just different. So what worked for them is not what's going to work for me. And it was only the moment that I started being like, who am I and what do I have to offer the world and how, what's my path? That things became much more interesting. And, and, and for a while, things were going up. And then obviously the pandemic hit and then things became more challenging again. And that's why when we generate habits, there should also be flexibility to, you know what, there are going to be surprises along the way and uh, it's going to be worth it. So now uh, I'm going to be joined by someone who has a lot of experience with having certain challenges with habits because of judgments. She's in the middle of answering a message, I think. Ah, she's creating a watch party. Okay, she's creating a watch party on her profile. But anyway, so my girlfriend, Des, is joining. Uh, she's generally here uh, every week. And uh, this week we didn't have much time between the Spanish podcast and the English podcast to get ready because the Spanish podcast overextended itself. It was quite long. Uh, so anyway, welcome to the podcast, my hi, dear. Hi, hi. I'm sorry I'm so late. Ooh, Today has been a tough day. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun day. Um, I was just saying that that how last week and this week have been fun, full of surprises along the way. But anyway, let's talk generating <laughs> habits. Oh, you've had a bit of a challenge because you received a lot of judgments from family members, from uh, old friends. Whenever you start evolving, whenever you start defining your own path. How many people haven't just kind of torn you down, whether it's uh, building a new relationship, building a new routine, uh, starting up a business, whether it be whatever project you start, you've had a lot of judgments. Yes. Um, I don't even know what to start. But yeah, once I let go of my bad habits and bad habits also include people, <laughs> Um I started getting a lot of comments, like people saying, you've changed a lot, you no longer, um, you think you're better than us, you no longer want to be um, like us or something like that. But it's completely the opposite. I, I've just, um, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm better than anybody. It's just the fact that I'm growing and I'm letting yeah. go of toxic people and keep that in mind that toxic people are going to be the ones that are going to say that. Um, toxic friends or a toxic ex are going to be the ones saying oh you've changed you no longer want to talk to us yeah. and stuff like that yeah toxic people or just generally super insecure people that are afraid of losing you afraid of being left behind afraid of not being evolved uh, being able to evolve fast enough afraid of not having something to connect with you with so sometimes it, it is toxicity people that want to just control you and manipulate you and sometimes it's with good intentions but they're just saying what worked for them and what generates them the most peace. But just because it's what worked for them doesn't mean it's what's going to work for you. And for you, it's been a bit of a, a process of, one, having the self-respect to leave several bad habits behind, including your eating disorder and certain maybe abusive, not-so-healthy relationships. And in that process, the amount of judgment and the people were calling you even arrogant. 
Yeah, I was being called a lot of names. I didn't even know what was, go- what was going on, but uh, people were just calling me uh, selfish, arrogant. It was just crazy the amount of hate that I got when I started growing, when I started being a different person. And um, now I still get hate, but it's a different type of hate because, um, well, people can no longer judge me for being all of those things because I turned out not to be. But now, since people are so mad, uh, now I get judged for, for my appearance, my weight, yeah. everything that, that they know that it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's difficult for me to talk a about. Or a, a pin, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing the amount of hate you, you get. I get called uh, a show-off. I get called that I no longer uh I think I'm better than people and it's just it's crazy the amount of hate that you get once you grow yeah and and that's something especially if if you're in an environment where a lot of people are in their comfort zones and where they're justified and conclude a lot of things a lot of people conclude a lot of unhealthy things about people about possibilities about approaches and they conclude these things in such an unhealthy way that they kind of put that on you like you were taught that People don't do generous things without wanting something in in exchange. Yeah. That uh, if things that are worth it are going to be painful, a healthy relationship is going to be pretty much toxic. Yeah. Like sometimes you even come up to me and you're like, is it supposed to be this easy? <laughs> like, how often do you not do that? Yeah. You, you sometimes get confused. Like, I didn't know love and relationships could be this easy. Like, isn't it supposed to be painful? Isn't it supposed to be this and that? And we get so convinced that things have to be difficult that we kind of reinforce it. And unfortunately, we reinforce it not just for ourselves, but for others. So we all have people around us that have concluded these things and that are putting it onto us. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, you cannot trust anyone. It's you against the world. Or uh, uh, you're not capable of this. You're the dumb one. Also, how many times were you called the dumb one in the family? I still believe I'm the dumb one. You're called the dumb one. You're told you're not the one that's going to be able to do college and university and your career and this and that. And that they should invest in your other sisters because you were just a lost cause. Like, how many things have they not told you that where it's like, don't even try? Yeah, I was told that I wasn't like uh I was not going to be capable as cuz I'm I'm not really smart like I don't she even know She is smart. She's just not <laughs> It just it's, she's not the academic type. Yeah, I'm not that academic. And she's an English teacher. She's a great English teacher. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not the academic type because it 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 really I cannot concentrate on something. I can't School was very difficult for me because I hated sitting in a classroom for two hours. Little context, little context before you beat yourself up in front of everyone. (laughs) She had to move countries. I've done this several times and I know how hard it is. She had to move countries, culture, societies, levels of education. Uh, At the peak, like in middle school, she had to uh, switch uh, completely leaving everything behind and relearning everything and not having the context or the language skills in the new place she was. So a lot of her education was kind of challenged because of that moving, something that I know firsthand. I moved from country to country, from uh, education level f- to education level, and many times I came to a new school, a new country, where I didn't have the context or the language skills to actually learn at the same pace as everyone else. And I also made the mistake of feeling stupid and feeling like it wasn't the academic type. But I will just say, knowing her well and knowing myself well, we both have a lot of 
positive sides and, and, and we're quite intelligent and quick learners in many different areas, but we've convinced ourselves that we are not because we lived through some adversity. And it's not a justification. It's just a little bit of context because I don't want her beating herself up. No, yeah, I totally understand uh, that point of view. Like, I'm not just... I, I grew up in Oregon and English was my main language and I was really good at it. Like I, I, I was really good at it. I was always in advanced classes when it came to English because uh, I was, I was beyond, um, my level. So my teachers like to challenge me. And the only thing, the only problem was I didn't grow as I should because I paid attention more to friends and being popular and stuff. So I didn't care so much that I was smart. I just, I just wanted to be popular. And at that moment, that's yeah. what <laughs> mattered. And when I came to Mexico, it was super difficult for me to, to be smart or to, um, to be like, it, it was hard for me to learn because it was just um it was a language that I did not learn like I took Spanish what one year before I moved to Mexico and it was like it was basic Spanish I didn't know how to read I barely knew how to how to talk and it, it was it was crazy so I came I didn't learn a single thing like everything I learned in school was left in Oregon when I was in seventh grade and I was 12 years old everything I learned in school was left there When I moved to Mexico, I was sent to a school that it was in a poor side of town. And I'm just going to be honest. I did not learn a single thing there. Um, the, th the, the problem is that we have with uh, Mexico right now is that teachers here are teachers because their parents were teachers. So they are they pass on that the, the problem job. problem exists so many different places. Yeah, well, okay. yeah, I didn't know that. In the U.S., it, it didn't really exist. Like No, it does exist. It in does? The US, yeah. Okay, well, I didn't if know If you that. want to get into a college, if your uh, uh, family members, like if your parents were in that college, you have a higher chance of getting in, for example. Oh, no, no, no. But here in Mexico, it's like, They, they leave you this thing called plaza and it doesn't matter if you try or you compete you literally just get it because your, your parents oh, yeah. just passed down and they don't have to take exams they don't even have to be good teachers like it was just terrible and I was not smart at all uh, so obviously my, my, my sisters came in when they were in elementary school so they, they had a little bit more advantage because they saw geography they saw like I didn't even know Mexico had states I know that sounds super super dumb uh, but I I just, I'm sure many Americans don't know that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. I don't. Till this day, I don't know. Um, I just know one Mexican president and uh, no three. And then I, I only know like like the, the state that I live in right now and the state that I lived before this day. But like, that's pretty much it. I'm really I don't know a lot of Mexican culture and I don't know the history because when I was in, in middle school, I came in. Uh, in a grade where I was supposed to know all of this. Hey, so the teachers didn't have the context. Yeah, the teachers didn't bother to be like, oh, hey, maybe she needs extra help. We should give her some extra help after school. So it was just, it came to a point that it was so frustrating for me that I just didn't even try anymore. Uh, and not to mention English was super basic. It was like kindergarten English. Like it was, we were learning the colors and stuff. And I was like, I saw this in kindergarten, first grade. Why do I need to like learn this? So it was very, very difficult for me. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why I didn't go to college here because till this day, 
um, I, if I have to turn something in in Spanish, uh, I find it, I research it in English, and then I translate it to Spanish once the work is done. Because for me, in order for me to read something, I have to read it like five times. If it's in Spanish, I have to read it five times for me to first understand every single word I don't know, find the definition, uh, read it again to make sure I'm like I'm pronouncing the things right, and then like at the end the final read is like okay i understand what the what i'm trying to read here yeah. but it's 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 really difficult and obviously for my sisters it was it was um a bit easier for them because they liked uh learning this language and for me it was difficult because i was i was no, but they were also younger and when yeah, you're they younger, were younger the younger you are the easier it is to learn a language too yeah they were in uh, elementary school uh, and and the easier it is to get into a school like if you move to a place at an elementary school level it's very easy to integrate but when you change schools the older you get it harder it, the harder it gets like i changed countries and languages so many times growing up like continents like yeah. so many times and there was definitely a, a big big difference between how fast i adapted when i was younger and how hard it was when i was kind of Above 10 years old, I think, is when it started getting more difficult to adapt to these changes. Uh, but the reality is we all have these experiences that we live through that make us conclude that we are incapable of something. Yeah. And, for example, Des, you, you, you've had the challenges of, one, changing countries and not having all the context and build-up and training and education to adapt to that change, and you are made fun of because you didn't learn fast enough, because you expected to know things you didn't know. Yeah, I was made fun of by like my my own classmates. I would get made fun. It was really tough. I sometimes I look back to that time in my life and I just don't know how I survive all of that because at 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 school I was made fun of because I didn't know how to speak well. And at the same time I was also everybody I was the center of attention because I was like uh, I came from the US, my English was pretty good and and it was like I was different from the other girls. But uh, at the same time, I was also bullied by my same classmates because yeah. it was like she doesn't know how to speak. She doesn't know how to write. And not to mention teachers. Teachers are not well. Not a lot of teachers. I'm not going to say in general, but a lot of teachers are not trained to to get a, a student from abroad and how to teach them. It's, it's really hard. And in the U.S., I had that. Like I as soon as I remember from my my early memories when i arrived to the us um my since kindergarten i can i can remember a little bit that i was sent to ell or esl which was for for uh uh students that were from abroad that they had a difficult uh learning english and uh, and it was difficult for them so so i was sent there and that's what i was expecting when i came yeah. to mexico i was expecting for someone to be like okay oh hey she's having trouble and 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 no so obviously that left me alone and i and it was a language i wasn't i was a teenager i didn't want to be in mexico my whole life was in the u.s and for it to change from like literally it was just one day that my mom showed up in school she's like we have to leave and I remember that day clearly because I was like I, I can't leave I, I'm going into eighth grade it's my final year uh I was cho choosing electives like it was a big deal I was I was supposed to take a a, a course in high school because I, my English was so advanced that that they were going to give me courses in high school and and it was like it, it was just like one day to another it was like whatever you plan for next year it's all gone and i was supposed to have a big birthday party so obviously my first instinct was i hate life and that was my that that was 
that was pretty much the first 10 years that I lived here. Yeah. Uh, and I've been living here 11 years. <laughs> but I really hated going to school. I hated the language. I hated my culture because I was forced to be here. And even though I know that uh, as my parents did not, un like, they didn't have a choice. Like, they did, but it was very difficult for them. And I just coming here, I was just forced. And um, and I hated life all through middle school. I hated, hated life all through high school. I, I hated life as well, because uh, seeing my friends apply for colleges when I was in high school, uh, seeing my friends from the U.S. go to prom, go to go, go to homecoming, have all graduation, all of these things that Mexico doesn't have that I was looking forward yeah. to. Like, I was just no, mad. That, that's a big thing, too, because when we talk about generating good habits, we have to be aware that sometimes we have a certain route in mind. And, and we have a great episode a few episodes back about recalculating your route. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that sometimes there are going to be roadblocks. Sometimes there are going to be surprises. Sometimes there's going to be a detour. And, for example, with Des, when she has to move countries and schools, that was a detour for her but a detour that made her miss certain stops that were very important for her in her life because she had idolized prom. She had idolized certain cheerleading things in high school. And because she didn't have the American high school experience, she, she feels like she missed out. Yeah. But the reality is we have to look at l bigger than that. We have to look longer term than that. Where, where am I going? Not what experiences and what stops. Like, yes, those are important, but those can tweak and they can change. And it can be hard. It can be frustrating. But the longer you hold on to resentment and frustration over the fact that your route has changed, the longer you're going to be delaying and postponing your actual results. Oh. And it was only when you started being like, okay, what are the possibilities here? I'm, I'm, I, now, the past isn't past, the bygones be bygones. Now, moving forward, what, how can I learn to like this place? How can I learn to adapt to this place? How can I build a life here that works? What is within my control? And that's when you started being like, ooh, I should move cities. There, there are other places with more of the stuff yeah, I like. Yeah, I guess like my first breakthrough was, was after uh, high school and and um, I, I didn't even know I was going to get this job, but I had to go to college because I, I wanted to be a fashion designer and, and I couldn't afford the I the my parents weren't willing to pay for school. So so I found my first job as a teacher <laughs> and I honestly did not think I was going to like be be a teacher. I didn't think I had what it takes. I mean, I I it was just weird for me. And it turned out that I passed the test. I, it was, it was awesome. And see, that's the thing. Um, if I would have stayed in the U S I guess I would still be in, in, in college or I would have probably graduated. I don't know. I think I would probably still be in college or be, be, yeah, I think I'd probably still be in college. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> you never know. Um, you never know. You can imagine all the what ifs. Yeah. You could have fallen, you know, you could have, ended up with bad people and doing terrible yeah, actually, things and like um, it could have gone so many different directions yeah i but was the not what ifs i was the thing is um one thing that i guess like i can look at it in a positive way i turned out to be a very humble uh person in some way because well when i was in the u.s i was i was uh I was used to always getting everything I wanted. Yeah. I never had to work for anything. I never did laundry. I never cleaned. Like all of those things like I had, uh, I had the luxury to never do. So obviously when my parents lost all their money and we were sent back to Mexico, um, I had to like, 
wash dishes and all of that stuff. And, and I'm thankful that I learned all of that. I'm thankful that, um, I have family that live in a village and, and I, I've seen these kids that don't get presents every Christmas, that don't get new clothes every time they go back to school. All these crazy things that I thought it was normal for everybody else to get, these kids didn't. So coming to Mexico really opened my eyes to see what my mom went through through her childhood, to go to see my neighbors. Like I had the luxury to have internet uh, where I live, but I, in my neighborhood, I was, I think we were the first family to have Wi-Fi, um, because it, it was like very, it was a very poor neighborhood and I could, I could live in a two-story house, but my neighbor was living in, in, um, in a house made out of six. So it was, it was crazy, uh, the difference in seeing all these people suffer. And I had the luxury that I still had, I still have family in the U S. So whenever things would get tough, I would just ask, they, they would just send us money. And then it was, it was, um, it was over with, but, uh, my neighbors didn't have that luxury. So I guess, um, even though I was mad in the moment and I didn't understand why things happen until this day, sometimes I get frustrated because I see all my friends graduating and stuff and going to their dream universities and all of that. But I just, I, I just, I just say like, I didn't, it didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought it no, was going to be. And that's the thing. Sometimes we overextend the pain because we can, we, we come to conclusions. Yeah. How many times have you been in a bad relationship where you just justify all men are like that, all women are like that, or that's how relationships are. And if it doesn't hurt, it's not worth it. And how many things do we not justify as that's how it is, the place I am. When we make it external, when we blame the government, when we gla- blame our society, when we blame our family, and that's not to say that there isn't blame to go around, but when you blame them, you don't take control over you. And when you choose to be like, okay, yes, I see these things around me, I acknowledge them, but I don't give them so much power. What can I control and what can I change? And for her, that was a big challenge because yes, it was a very humbling experience having, you know, all her plans change, like get ripped away, you know, all her, uh, all her habits and all her plans and all her structure was suddenly like flipped upside down, right? And the reality is we have to understand that there are times where these surprises can either tear us down or they can make us stronger. And we have full control over whether we're going to let the adversity help us level up or whether it will make us give up. And you gave up for a few years. Yeah, I gave up like all through my 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 middle school years. I I, I did it like... I, I was frustrated with, with school because I just couldn't learn. I just couldn't understand what the teachers were saying. I just, it was terrible. Um, but I will say uh, when I got to senior year, um, I realized what I wanted to do in life. Like literally I got to senior year. Everybody knew what they wanted to do in life, blah, blah. It was my first year, first day of school. And I remember teachers coming in. They're like, okay, you guys are senior. You got to choose your electives. And the depending on the elective you get, it's what you're going to do uh, after high school. And I know in, in the U.S., um, you go to college and then you go four years. And then if you want to be a, a, a do- like a, a med student or a dentist or you, you go after college. Um, but here in Mexico, that doesn't exist. You go straight to the school you want to go to. So if you're going to be a doctor, you got to decide your senior year because you have to take this elective that has to do with that. And then you go to med school. You skip the whole four years of college thing, Majogger. And well, d- kind of. 
kind of somewhere, but you go straight to med school. Yeah, you go straight to, yeah. like in the US, you have more time to kind of find your path if you aren't clear on it. Yeah. And here you kind of have to decide early yeah. on. Yeah. But you can in the US, like you can pick your major and your minor in college already. Like you can pick. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can, can go straight totally on the path. Yeah. Like can. the, but here, to clarify, there's a little bit less flexibility yeah. in U.S. colleges when you start on a path. You can change and you can transfer credits. Like I studied tourism and hospitality management in Canada, and then I wanted to study multimedia uh, yeah, in, in the U.S. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll accept these credits and tweak this and that because a lot of U.S. universities also like high payment, so they want you to be there. Yeah. So to accept your payment, they're willing to kind of move mountains for you to... <laughs> Yeah, and here you don't have that luxury. You either choose med school, and if you le leave three, three years with like here, med school is six to five years, five to six years. <laughs> uh, and if you leave after three years, you lose all that learning. And then if you want to be a dentist, they do not transfer credits. Nothing of that happens here. It doesn't exist. You have to start from zero. Uh, so it was a big deal for me. Uh, obviously, I had no idea what I wanted to do in life. I didn't I honestly didn't even think I was going to graduate from high school. Like that's how bad my depression was that honestly, I just went to school to have fun. So th it's the first day of school. I have no idea what to do with my life. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to get this far. Mm. Um, so I go in and and I've always had an interest in um and and being a doctor or being a dentist because i i like that so uh what is that called anatomia not uh, anatomy anatomy and there was this elective that was called anatomy and i think also one of the main reasons i i was quite interested in it it was because i heard a lot of friends telling me it's very difficult like like the teachers are doctors so they're very mean and it's a, it's it's one of the most difficult no one has done this no one has uh people have uh failed and i was like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go and see what's that about so i was sitting there and i remember a lot of my friends being like des you're not gonna pass this class like you're not the smartest in the classroom and i remember like all my friends saying like my friends didn't even want me in their team. That's how bad it was because when when I chose that elective, um, I remember a lot of my friends telling me like, you're not going to pass the class. So I remember a lot of my friends being like, we don't want her in our team. Uh, so the good thing about that year is that the teachers chose our team. So it, um, so no one had to complain if I was in their team or yeah. not. And it turned out that I did pretty good the whole semester. The first semester I got a... Um, I think it's considered an A here in, in the U.S. And um, in my second semester, I was very sick. So I did get like a B, but that's because um, I wasn't able to present a, a certain project. And the doctor said that I had to be there, and but he understood that I was sick. So like he didn't give me the grade that I deserve, but he also didn't give me a C. So it was just a B. And I knew that I was going to get an A, but I was just so sick. I wasn't able to, to make my la the last month of school. I wasn't able to go. Um, but yeah, I guess that's when I realized what I wanted in life and that, um, I, even though I didn't turn out to be a dentist, like I had planned to, um, I, I turned out, I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm 22 years old and I already have three years of teacher's experience without having to go to college. And not a lot of people around the world can have, have that so easily. Like I have friends my age that, they're they're immigrants just like I was and they just stopped there they just stopped in high school they weren't able to go to the uh to college they weren't able to to work 
and uh and life is pretty tough for them because they have to they they really have to just work a nor a, like a nine to five job um and a pretty basic job and i finally understood that um that m living in mexico has its advantages and um when i was uh when i was 19 i made my first uh store i created my own store which was pretty awesome and paid for my first semester of college um and I realized that's when I started realizing how awesome it was to live here, because if I would wanted to do that in the U.S., I had all to the get permits, the all permits, the, all of yeah. the paperwork, all of that. And here in Mexico, it was just like I just I literally started my store with 600 pesos, I believe. And then I made it so big that I was able to pay my first semester of college. And it was pretty awesome. And that's when I when I remember telling my sisters, like, I'm so glad we moved here because I would not be able to create all of this in the U.S. And um, and it's pretty cool because you it's easier for you to become an entre entrepreneur. Yeah, it's a very entrepreneurial centric society. Yeah. Most, I mean, most people here, business owners, are entrepreneurs. And, and once I started changing my mindset to hating this country well, to, stop hating this. to stop hating this country, once I changed my my mindset good things started to happen yeah. and i guess that's that's the point of um creating what is it good good, good habits. habits because my bad habit was hating everything yeah it's concluding things it's 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 uh concluding defeat before you've even given yourself the opportunity to try it's yeah. it's we so many of us prematurely decide that we're going to fail or it's not possible or this is like uh, terrible and and we throw tantrums and we we beat ourselves up and we beat up others and and we just kind of get into this kind of negative situation instead of being like we can do this like i can yeah. do this and the reality is life is dynamic life is going to throw uh, curveballs at you you're going to get surprised along the way any new habit you're going to generate you're going to face surprises rejection failure people are going to doubt you people are going to put you down people are going to want to stop you and cut your wings and that's part of the process. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to put labels on you. Of, you're the dumb one. You're the not sporty one. You're the nerdy one. You're the this. You're the that. And that's going to limit you a lot. I myself, I conclude a lot of things about myself that have limited me for years. And when I've opened myself to learn, I'm, I constantly surprise myself how easily I learn things that I had concluded I couldn't learn. And like, for example, in my family, there are all these ideas like, oh, in our family, we're bad at sports. In our family, we're bad at singing. In our family, we're bad at this. So what did that do? It just made us lazy. It made us complacent. It made us just conclude that we couldn't. But now my mother and sister are taking singing classes, and every day they're getting better and better in singing, and my sister actually sings phenomenally. Uh, but there's so many things that we've concluded that, oh, yeah, no, we can't do this because in our family, we don't do this, or in our family, we can't do that. And mm -hmm. You have to identify in your life how many conclusions have you come up with that have limited you? How many labels have you put on yourself? Oh, I'm the slow one. I'm the dumb one. I'm the chubby one. I'm the this one. I'm the slow one. Like, oh, yeah, my sisters are the ones that are the smart ones. They've drilled that into you so much that your <laughs> sisters are the smart ones. Yeah. That, like, I constantly have to tell you, you're super smart. You're just different type of smart. Like, like you're, it's impressive how many things you learn and how quickly you adapt and how resilient you are. Yes, you have anxiety. Yes, you have uh, certain mental illnesses that, that, that make it a challenge. But you're fighting battles every day and you're kicking ass. But you never stop. Like, sure, sometimes you, you slow down to reevaluate, learn new things, 
change your route a little bit, but you never stop. And that's what matters. Like, it's not about going super fast all the time. Sometimes when you're generating new habits, you have to cut yourself some slack because sometimes you have to prepare beforehand. Sometimes you have to learn something. Sometimes you have to go through the tutorial phase before you get into the next level. Like in video games, there's every time you, in the beginning, it's like very basic and little by little it becomes harder and harder and harder. I skipped the tutorial. Yeah, you skipped tutorials in video I'm games. You're terrible. You're, you're terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's shocking. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, you have to understand so that thing of wanting to skip the tutorial. How many times in life do you want to skip the tutorial? Yeah, it's not a healthy thing to do. I definitely don't recommend it because I've I've uh, skipped tutorials and I've ended up having to go back to the tutorial and spending more time, uh, wasting more time on preparing myself. Um, but I will say in, in some things, it's, it's actually good. I mean, um, being a teacher, if we put the tutorial as going to college, I skipped that. Uh, and I just went to, to, uh, doing an exam and then going to training for, for three months and then boom, I was a teacher. Um, which is, uh, in some cases it can be good, but in other cases you always need training for everything. Every situation is different. Every individual is different. We all have different contexts. We all have different realities and we all have different challenges, resources, et cetera. And that's something, nothing is, is one size fits all, but just be aware that many times we want to be perfect from the beginning and we don't want to make a fool out of ourselves. We don't want to look bad. Like we want to like we go to dance class and we instantly want to be the perfect dancer. We, we go to a gymnastics class. We already want to do the crazy aerobics and, and just kind of repress everyone. That's me. <laughs> like we want to be perfect from day one. And then we fall on our faces. We make a mistake. And then we're like, I'm not cut out for this. This is not me. I can't do this. Who do I think I am? And we beat ourselves up. Yeah. But in reality, every athlete, every expert in every field, you know, had to start somewhere. And I don't believe in the concept of starting from zero in the sense that there's always some transferable skills or transferable knowledge, but they are everyone that you admire now that you see them at their peak, there was times where they were struggling. They were struggling, they were having challenges, they were falling on their face, they were making a fool out of themselves. They were just learning their way. And you have to account for that in your process. Every person in the gym that's pumping huge weights started with smaller weights and sm- uh, fewer reps and then increased reps and increased weight and Maybe increased time the gym. but you compare yourself and you go he's doing like so much more weight than me he's running for like twice the amount but of time as me I, instead uh, of uh comparing yourself use it as motivation um i i when i started going to the gym i started going because of my mental health and because i had a friend that said hey i used to have panic attacks and i started going to the gym and they disappeared so um i started going to the gym and and i would see all these pretty girls with these awesome bodies and 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 doing all these weights and stuff and um things can either go downhill for me like i can choose then they can go really really downhill and i could have quit um, or I, I choose to, uh, motive for it to motivate me. There's no in between for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so seeing all these girls with these pretty outfits and just stuff, and I would just look at them and I'd be like, I want to be them. So what did I do? I pushed myself at the gym and within six months, I was no longer the new girl. And now girls, new girls were looking at me and now I was, it was pretty awesome. Um, so when you see someone better than you, don't don't I, I have this problem now because of my mental health <laughs> and everything but when I'm okay I, I I look at people and I don't compare myself I always say like 
how don't can compare I, yourself how to can others. I learn from them use don't compare yourself to them but use it as an inspiration yeah. for years for years i would get compared to my sisters for years i would i would always be like why can't i be like them why can't i be smart like them and now that i'm older and now that that no longer is an insecurity for me i mean sometimes it is but it's not as bad as it was when i was a teenager um because now i know that i'm a pretty good teacher <laughs> yeah. um and um And so now that I that I know all these things, it, instead of comparing myself to them as much as I did in, when I was in my teen years, it's just so like, oh, hey, I want to go to college. Um, I want to go back. I want I, I and and this time I don't want to go to any college that I was going to go to after high school. I want to I want to reach uh, higher like my sisters did. And uh, and so instead of, of comparing myself like, oh, they're going to like the best school there is in Mexico and stuff and this stuff, instead of uh, having that mindset day and night like I like I did when I was a teen, um, now it's like, okay, maybe I have a shot to go to do that, too. Or and then um, or maybe I can I can try even better school. Um, so, yeah, I guess one of the the main habits that we need to change is. Uh, comparing yourself yeah the, the, you should only compare yourself with yourself draw inspiration from people but don't like lose yourself in the process to be more like them because then you don't take into account your context and your strength and your path because if you try to copy someone's gym routine or try to copy someone's path or someone's career you're going to lose yourself like as an entrepreneur i lost myself for several years trying to be Someone I, I'm not just because I was trying to replicate other people's success. And it's only when I found my path that I started really getting on stock and really started creating new opportunities, creating new, like something exciting, something original, where it was just not, not like trying to just be the next CEO of some tech firm or blah, blah, blah. But there was a period where I didn't have enough confidence myself. So I would just try to build something inspired by others. And it was only when I was like, what is my differentiator? What can I contribute to the world? What can I do differently that I found my path? But so instead of like, yes, you can be inspired by anyone, but do not degrade yourself or devalue yourself by trying to emulate them or by trying to be them or to try by trying to be like them. Instead, be you, but try to be the best version of you by always challenging yourself to grow, to evolve, to take more steps. And understand that they, right now, you might see them at their peak, but they might have had five, ten years of training before that. Or they might have had other opportunities or other skill sets or personality type that just made that path a little easier for them. That doesn't mean that path doesn't work for you, but you have to identify how to make it work for you and see if there's another path that's better that will get you to the end result you want. You need to basically identify where do I want to be in X amount of years? What stages do I want to have in my plan? What stops do I want in my plan? And how can I interconnect my short-term goals to my medium-term goals to my long-term goals so that I don't get off track? Or if I get off track, I recover fast. Basically, with any habit, you're going to have days where you're going to fail. You're going to have days that you're gonna, uh, there are going to be surprises. Understand that and then just get back on track when you fall. If you throw tantrums, if you beat yourself up, if you're too hard on yourself, if you compare yourself to people that already have more experience than you, more success than you, more results than you, you're just going to give up halfway because you're going to just tell yourself you're not cut out for this. But a big part of generating good habits is to just compete with yourself. Yeah. And that, you do that with a journal. 
Like, yeah, I do that with a journal where I keep uh, when I write where where I write down my progress. And um, right now I I'm competing with myself from August from a year ago because I do have my journal from a year ago in August and um and I'm competing with myself from a year ago. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, where I keep a record of how I'm doing. And so far, it's... I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it because I don't even know how it's going to turn out. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, we have a pandemic going on. so there's some Yeah, we do have a pandemic. I, do, I was not planning for a pandemic. I don't think anybody was. Uh, that really threw me off but mentally. You've transformed as a person in the last year. Like, yeah. it's impressive, your evolution. I will say that. But... Yes, right now we have some temporary setbacks, and that's okay. Any path or any habit you're going to generate, you're going to have temporary setbacks, like you and your anxiety that you're having right now that yeah, I can read I'm on your body language. I'm having a panic attack. I'm so sorry. I, I feel like the last, last uh, podcast and this podcast has always been, has been mainly about my anxiety, but it's just I've been having so many bad days lately. Like it's been crazy the amount of bad days that I've had, and even though I feel so terrible, um, uh, I still always show up. yeah, I still show up. Something that I wouldn't have done a year ago, Not I would have just quit at all, and I wouldn't show up. Um, so I'm so sorry of last podcast and this podcast. I've been feeling so much anxiety. It's just, uh. It's just been super crazy. I I was sick all morning. I'm always sick on sa Sundays. Like there, there's, but there's always securities on Sundays, and, and yeah, and that's the thing. Like for example, one of the things you struggle with is body image. I've always had an eating disorder, and creating new habits for you is always a matter of facing these fears. It's yeah. facing your insecurities, facing your insecurities about your body. But you've always had ambitions of being on camera, being famous, being successful. Yeah, I've always had these ambitions, but my the the eating disorder is uh it's quite strong in my case because it's it's been here since I was little. So one of the main reasons that my brain does Sunday is that I know that I'm gonna be on camera. Um and and um it's hard for me to find an outfit where I feel secure, like confident, uh, confident. And uh, I stopped feeling confident a long time ago. Like uh, Yannick even knows this. I've ever since I gained weight. Um, it, when it's, I met her, she was a twig. She but had I, just I, been six months in bed, not uh, able to get out of her house. She had been in the hospital. Skinny. Yes, I just saw a picture bad. of myself. It and was I, was, I was bad. It, I, I can understand why people were like, oh my gosh, she's anorexic. And I couldn't see it. You are um, anorexic. It's not a surprise. But, um, uh, and now seeing myself uh and and getting called fat and getting called this um it's really affecting me like it, it 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 it's a it takes a lot for me to come on the podcast because when we when we had the uh we brainstormed the podcast season two I was super excited because my body was like super beautiful I was working out and it was it was before the pandemic I don't know if it was before or the no, beginning, it was the beginning, of the, the beginning of the pandemic so I was going to the gym and um so my body was was uh was good so obviously i was happy and i was like yes let's get on camera i'll, I'll be on 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 the english one and stuff i'll even be on the spanish one every once in a while and now 
even getting on the English one is tough enough for me. Like I can't even get on the Spanish one anymore. Um, and it's difficult if you guys, if you guys could only see behind the scenes, like all morning I was laying in bed dead. I was not able to move. I, I, I hadn't showered. I, it was just terrible all morning and it was uh, full of anxiety. And then minutes before the podcast starts i either have a panic attack or i start to feel anxious and then during the podcast i feel anxious and as soon as the podcast is finished i start to feel better but it's because i um like i said i i, st I stopped feeling confident a long time ago no, and 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 that's the thing like sometimes when you're going to eliminate bad habits you're gonna have to face more insecurities and she had to eliminate the bad habit of not eating like she had to eliminate anorexia in terms of like all the habits of her torturing her body yeah. and destroying her body it's crazy the things that i did to my body as a teen and uh just to be skinny and i don't know why i'm still alive or why i don't have a heart problem or why i don't i didn't like fuck up my stomach or something because the things i put myself through were crazy i mean i ended up in the hospital twice because of that and um i i didn't get like what did you say? I didn't get hospitalized because, well, my family did not have the money to afford well, a private Well, you did get one. hospitalized. You just didn't get, uh, what is it called, like when you're extended periods of time. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I did get hospitalized, uh, but I wasn't there for like days or weeks. It was more like the doctors were come to my house. Um, but. No, you went to the hospital too. Yeah, but I know I went to the doctor. I mean, how do I say this? <laughs> You, I, well, I refer to getting hospitalized when you're there day, day and night. Okay. I never spend a night in the hospital okay. like to sleep. I, I went there for emergencies and then they would keep me a couple of hours. But since here we have a very bad healthcare system, if you're not dying or bleeding out or unconscious, you don't get to stay in the hospital. So, um, yeah. So uh, since I didn't have any of those things uh, and uh, well, my parents had to carry me back home and then just treat me at home. Uh, I wasn't there was no room for for anybody that was uh, that didn't have those things in the hospital. So uh, but I guess if I were in any other country, I would have gotten hospitalized for days. No, And, and, and th this is a a good point to illustrate when you're generating positive habits. And, and I consider you a person who has left a lot of bad habits behind and has been implementing more positive habits, but you are constantly with a battle of trying to maintain them because of your mental health and your traumas and blah, blah, blah. And because of the pandemic, the, and pandemic, the pandemic has, been has super made it hard for us. Hard. Uh, yeah, it has hit us hard. This has hit us hard. Uh, but considering all of that, you still show up. You still challenge yourself. And yeah, you might beat yourself up a little bit. Yeah, you might have a lot of insecurities, but you show up. Sometimes you show a little late. Sometimes you show up a little anxious. Sometimes you, But you show up. And that's one of the things. When you want to generate a good habit, you got to do your best to show up as much as possible. There are going to be days where you can't show up. Don't beat yourself up because if you beat yourself up, then the next time it's going to be hard to show up. Don't guilt trip yourself. Just understand there are going to be times that it's going to be hard to show up, but whenever you can, the sensation of success when you do show up despite the adversity gives you more confidence. You, a year ago, would not have shown up. No, I would have been in bed. You would have I been mean, I feel terrible right now. I literally feel really super dizzy and um, my the anxiety is just over the top. And I'm just thinking, because I have a class in, that, in an hour. So I'm just thinking like, oh my goodness, why doesn't, what if my anxiety is not, it's not, um, it's not controlled by then or what, what if I'm still feeling it? So I have a lot of things going on in my mind right now. Um, but um, but I, I try to show up 
uh, as growing up my uh, i was always told that if you're not going to do something then don't if you're not going to do something 100% right then don't do it so i guess one of the main reasons why i uh, i missed out on a lot of opportunities why as a teen if i had a panic attack i didn't even bother to go um was because I was constantly told that. And till this day, I still beat myself up if I don't do something correctly, if it's not 100% perfect, because that's what I was raised as. Like, if you, um, there's, a, there's a saying in Spanish, if you're not going to do it right, then don't do it at all. And a year ago... It in most languages. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it was really... A year ago, I really had that. And so if I had anxiety, I would just rather not show up. And I was always told, like, if you're going to have anxiety, don't embarrass me or don't embarrass others. No, that's why you spend sometimes weeks or months in bed. Sometimes because of your eating disorder, but sometimes because of your anxiety. Yeah, like, um, I, I sometimes, I, I, it's, it's just crazy. Um, but the cool thing now is you challenge yourself. It's like, I got to get control over this and better show up late than not show up at all. And like with this podcast, like many times you show up like 10, 15 minutes late. Yeah. But you're proud of the fact that you show up. Yeah. And it's part of the experience of gaining confidence. Yeah. And every time you show up, the next time it gets a little easier. Like, no. Yeah, a little bit. As, <laughs> as someone who sees it from the outside, you're being hard on yourself. It doesn't feel like it gets better, but in due time it does. At the beginning you don't feel it. Yeah, sometimes but, the but insecurities in the beginning yeah. feel unsurmountable. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess this is also can work as a as a as a what was I gonna say? What's the topic? I forgot. Good habits. <laughs> as a good habit to really just take baby steps, and um, I constantly uh, compare myself with other people. And, um, I'm not, I, I'm not my best self at the moment because of the pandemic, because of mental illnesses, um, and because of a lot of other things, but I'm still here. And, um, and, uh, something that I keep in mind is that, uh, I was always told that people have it worse. People will always have it worse than you and, and to stop, to stop being sad about it, to stop being, um, uh letting it control your life and that's what i was always told as a teen and as a child like you can have a worse life and and that's true you people there's always gonna be someone that's gonna be that's gonna have a worse life than you um but i lost my my thought what was just i gonna stop say stop competing with others just, just stop competing Compete with, with yourself i was gonna say something so inspiring right now but uh, I always like to describe my anxiety as I'm underwater, right? And um, and surrounding me there is a bunch of fish, and they're going full speed. And those those I considered my thoughts. So right now that's how I feel. I'm underwater. You can barely breathe, and my thoughts are those fish. So I could be saying one thing, and then I I don't finish it because that fish already. Swam by. Swam by and it's already like going full speed. And I I see all these thoughts and I'm thinking them, but I I I can't get a hold of one completely and make it stay because it it's it swims away. So um yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now, just in case anybody was noticing why I lose uh my and and, and this is a wonderful example because a lot of people that are gonna listen to this podcast. Are people who go through anxiety? Are people with depression? Are people with 
with with with different mental uh, disorders or challenges, mental illness or uh, or whatever you want to call it. But people people a lot of people have similar experiences to you, and the reality is things do get better. There are going to be times in life like this pandemic where adversity is going to strike and things are going to get a little tougher again and you're going to have temporary setbacks. Yeah. But during that time, you can evolve, you can grow, you can innovate. Mm -hmm. And like you have improved in so many different areas in this pandemic. You have actually done a lot more than you realize in this pandemic. And you have opened yourself up to expose yourself more and to be more vulnerable. You've been more consistent with the podcast the last few weeks. You've started even doing video game streams. And you're doing a lot of different things during this pandemic. But, of course, whenever there's a lot of adversity, it's very easy to get carried away with, I'm not doing enough, I'm not solving the problems fast enough because we have these energy leaks. And develop development, we talk about when you have an energy leak, you can do all these things to fill yourself with energy and confidence, but these leaks need to be patched. But sometimes to patch them, you need to learn new skill sets, you need to pivot, you need to change your strategy, your direction, and you have to make a lot of changes. And those changes can be sometimes very, very hard. But like, just I'm just impressed, like the fact that you're having a full-blown panic attack. Yeah, I am. And I am. I'm not even listening to what you're saying whatsoever. And I don't, I can't make out and understand what you're saying whatsoever at this moment. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still here. But I'm going to walk away now because it's getting more intense. <laughs> but with that in mind, we're going to go to an ad. Uh, and we're going to talk about next week, we're going to be talking about how to create new opportunities. We're going to talk about how to create new opportunities because when we want to generate positive habits, sometimes we have to open up new doors. We have to explore uncharted territory. Sometimes we have to innovate. We have to adapt when adversity strikes. We have to create new opportunities to be able to keep going and to not give up and to not get stuck halfway. So let me just put on that ad and uh, let's go from there. Hey, quick question. Are you currently stuck and confused and frustrated? Are you giving up on your plans? Are you realizing that now with the coronavirus and all of that, you have to change your plans? Is it very heavy and hard for you to maybe accept that now it's time for a change? What if you change your mental narrative and think of it as an opportunity? Right now, the markets have changed. And yes, it means a lot of things that were possible a certain way before are now no longer possible in the exact same way. That's not to say they can't be achieved, but they certainly will require some recalculation and some reevaluation. But I also want you to reflect on whether or not there's an even better opportunity right now, whether there's an unexplored path that you maybe should explore. I say this because during times of adversity, yes, there's a lot of defeat, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of feeling of despair, but there's also so much opportunity to innovate, to come up with creative solutions to current problems. Now, if you've been laid off, if you have fewer hours at work, if your business is struggling, maybe take the time to evaluate where can I innovate? Where can I solve problems? Where can I be a source of light in a period of darkness? 
Because the moment you stop beating yourself up and feeling like a failure and feeling guilty for having put yourself in this situation or for not having planned or saved enough for this situation, the moment you stop beating yourself up and you start thinking, okay, the past is the past, let bygones be bygones, let's not cry over spilled milk. You know, there's been some losses, there's been some stress, there's been some frustration, there's been some conflict, but now I want to make a change and I want to create new opportunities. The moment you switch that mental narrative over to a opportunities mindset, everything changes. For me, it took a while when the pandemic hit at first, I was like, I was totally defeated. I was like, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna handle this? This is terrible. I, I have no idea how to handle this. But interestingly enough, I started also seeing, well, people have more time than ever. We have more time than ever. We can innovate here. We can build something here. We can come up with a solution to this. What problems are people having and how can we help them solve them? And then I started thinking of all the possibilities and I realized, wow, there are more possibilities right now than ever. And yes, we have to be more creative in how we execute them because resources are, you know, tighter and more stressful and we have to get more creative because everything has changed. But it's not impossible. On the contrary, it's very possible. But it's a switch we have to activate. You know, we have to stop having that defeatist mentality and start thinking of how can I create new opportunities in a new space? And the funny thing is, is the moment you open yourself up to seeing the opportunities, you're gonna feel so silly. You're gonna be like, oh my goodness, this opportunity has been right in front of me all along and I've just been ignoring it. I've been looking past it because I've been choosing to focus on all the problems instead of all the opportunities. And that doesn't mean there aren't problems, but how do you fix problems? Well, you fix them with opportunities. So start exploring what are the opportunities within your skill sets, within your areas of passion, within your strengths? Where can you innovate? Where can you contribute to society? What can you really do right now with the resources you have that will create more resources? That is something I want you to explore. That's something we've been exploring in so many different ways. It's been the general theme of our podcast for the last few weeks, where we've been exploring so many different ways of dealing with this. But in this particular episode, I want to challenge you to create new opportunities, identify existing opportunities, and take advantage of those opportunities without excuses and without being so defeatist. We are now reaching a stage in this pandemic where economies are reactivating. We have way more information, way more clarity of what we are dealing with. And now it's time to actually have an action plan so that we can come out of this pandemic stronger than ever. So if you're interested in joining us to create a plan to identify opportunities and to explore all the possible opportunities there right now, join us this Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time on our live transmission of our podcast, Develop Element Unplugged, that we'll be live transmitting on both Facebook and YouTube. And honestly, if you join us, you can ask questions, you can come up with ideas, and we can discuss this because together we can come up with better ideas and better solutions than as individuals. So let's bring ourselves together as a collective and come up with many wonderful ideas and let's share those with each other. That's my invitation for today. So see you this Sunday. Have a good one.
Okay, so that pretty much wraps up the uh, promo for next week. And uh, let me just give a very quick recap of, of today's topic so that you have clarity on how to move forward. And uh, yeah, let's continue next week looking at how to add opportunities to your, your path, to your, your plan. But basically, to recap, whenever you want to generate a positive habit, make sure that it isn't a burden. Yes, it will be a little bit of a burden in the beginning, and that's okay, but just don't overextend the pain. Don't overextend the frustration. So in the beginning, yes, you're going to have to face insecurities. Yes, you're going to face a little bit of challenges. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. It's going to hurt sometimes. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult in the beginning when you take an ambitious step or try to to change a habit or learn a new habit or, or generate a new habit. But it should progressively get better and better, easier and easier, more and more fun. And this only will happen if you take the time to find out what works for you, what doesn't work for you, make micro adjustments, make big adjustments if needed, implement extra things, implement more steps in the road, cut yourself a bit of slack in the beginning, as in do it in stages. Don't go and try to do a super crazy gym routine or a super ambitious project right away. Break it into kind of bite-sized pieces and little by bit, little by little, add a little bit more complexity, add a little bit more ambition, add a little bit more uh, difficulty to what you do so that it challenges you, so that you feel and see the growth. Seeing growth makes you feel happier. Seeing evolution makes you feel happier. So you got to challenge yourself enough so that it's not super easy and so that you don't become complacent, but not challenge yourself so much that you're torturing yourself because you can overwork yourself. You can over-challenge yourself. You can basically create plans that are, are kind of suicide missions if, if, if you go too intense with it. So just take the time to make a plan that works for you based on your personality, your context. Make sure you're not letting other people's judgments, other people's comments, other people's rejections, other people's jokes uh, make you give up prematurely. Don't let any labels hold you back. Don't convince yourself that you're the dumb one or the fat one or the this or the that. Don't convince yourself that you are something in such a static way that you can't change. If you want to learn something, study it. If you want to improve your body, work on it. But work on it in a way that's healthy and sustainable, not one that creates a lot of problems. So for example, if you want to work on your body, don't use an eating disorder. Use exercise and, and, and healthy diets and whatever. Just do things that are more sustainable so that you don't end up crashing and burning. Obviously, good habits, in order to execute them properly, you should create them in such a way that you're not burning yourself out, that you're not crashing and burning, that you're not burning bridges, that you're not having unnecessary conflicts, and that you're enjoying it as much as possible. And little by little, you can take more and more steps and grow and evolve and learn and have that curious, have that constant curiosity of how can I tweak this? How can I improve this? How can I optimize this? And your habits are going to get easier and easier and easier the more you face your insecurities, the more you level up, the more you learn new skills, the more you challenge yourself, the more you keep showing up. And yes, you might have insecurities, you might have depression and anxiety and things that stop you, but the more you show up, the more confidence you're going to have. The more you get in a comfort zone, the more you're going to limit yourself and convince yourself, I can't do this, I can't do that. And you make your world very small. And you just give up on life. You just give up on everything and just settle. And you live for the weekend. You live for the holidays. And you end up in jobs and relationships that don't nurture you, that you just convince and justify. You convince yourself that that's just the standard and you justify things that are not working. Instead, take the time to find what works for you. And that requires having enough 
self-love, self like curiosity about yourself, self-awareness to find what works. And yes, in the beginning, you will get judged and rejected and 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 put down by a lot of people that don't want you to want don't want to see you grow because they feel they're going to be afraid of you outgrowing them, you abandoning them, you f- having a falling out, etc. But just make sure that you don't let that happen because once you're better, they're going to be inspired by you and you're going to be a role model for them and they're going to come for, to you for advice. My sister, when she moved to Japan by herself, I used to, I, I, I judged a lot. I was like, you're crazy. How are you going to do this? You're not ready. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I, I kind of was overprotecting her, cutting her wings. When she went to Japan, she transformed her life. She discovered herself and suddenly she was making more money, being more successful, being happier, being having a much more dynamic life. And all of a sudden I was like, man, you're a badass. I want to learn from you. Sometimes people need to go through a process of self-exploration and sometimes it's a path that might be strange to your loved ones, might be like, how and why? And they might want to be overprotective. Just communicate to them, this is what I need right now. Just bear with me. You might not be able to see it now, but you will see it in the future. That's what happened with my sister. Yes, in the beginning, I didn't understand some of her choices, but eventually I was like, whoa, this is impressive. So just understand that your habits, you're going to have to generate them based on what your goals are. Make sure you have enough motivation behind it. If you're just doing it to please others or to not be judged by others, you're not going to have the motivation. You have to find what motivates you. What is it that makes it exciting for you? If you find what makes it exciting for you, great. Also find out how you can do it in such a way that you like it. Exercise, for example. Maybe gym is not for you. Maybe dancing, maybe cycling, maybe swimming, maybe something else. My grandfather, it was all about swimming. Uh, uh, I, I, I have if, uh, family friends that, that uh, it's all about cycling. I, I, I know a lot of people that's like, yeah, maybe there's the traditional type of exercise that doesn't work for them, but then they find this one area within it, like a subcategory, a subtype, that's super exciting. And for example, I have a friend who he loves tennis, no, badminton. And it was like badminton is the way that he ended up being consistent with with it. So find what you're passionate about that makes the habit so much easier to execute and keep showing up as much as you can. Don't beat yourself up when you fall. Don't beat yourself up when you make mistakes. Don't beat yourself up when you're overwhelmed. Just take a breather, but return, get back on track. Because if you don't get back on track, you'll beat yourself up more and you're going to end up feeling more insignificant or more incapable. So just keep trooping, take them one step at a time, baby steps in the beginning, but become more and more ambitious, little by little, take bigger and bigger steps, challenge yourself more and more. And eventually you're going to be impressed and you're going to be look, looking back and be like, that's where I was a year ago. Compete with yourself. Don't compete with others. Look at where you were a year ago, where you were a few months ago, and just compete and always try to become a better version of yourself. Don't try to emulate and copy others because they have different contexts, different personalities, different, everything is different. All the variables are basically different. Find what works for you. And if you need help, ask for help, let people in, trust people. Yeah, there's some people that are not trustworthy, but there are plenty of people out there ready to help you. So just let people in and it will change your life. Uh, if you are willing to ask for help and collaborate and really just kind of make this a collaborative process, whatever it is that you're going through, you don't have to go at it alone. You know, most things, there are people waiting to help you. So it's going to be awesome if if you do that. And uh, yeah, just make a list of what are your habits, what are habits that you've taken on from others, what are habits that are currently stuck because you're approaching it the wrong way. 
and filter all the noise and try to generate habits that are by you, for you, or by others initially, but that you've made your own, that you've taken ownership, you've adapted it to yourself, and identify how you can make all your habits more fun, more uh, more interesting, and so that you feel a constant evolution because that evolution will give you more energy to take more steps. The more steps you take, the more energy you're going to have to take more steps. So stop beating yourself up because the more you beat yourself up, the more failure you're going to have. And also identify when you're having unhealthy habits that are stopping you from having healthy habits and do your best to find healthy replacements so that you aren't in a situation where you're letting all these bad habits that are often led by insecurities and needing to fit in or needing to rebel, you know, leave those in the past because they're not creating the future you want and believe that there are more possibilities than what you can see right now. And even if you can't see it, have the curiosity to explore the possibilities. And next week, we're going to be exploring all the possibilities where you can create new opportunities, open up new doors and kick some ass. So with that in mind, I say see you next week and have a good one.